come back to this conversation uh, as, as we start actually discussing certain spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So spoiler warnings. Spoiler warnings for anyone listening to this. Right. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Just Pick Something podcast, where we discuss a movie or TV show that we picked after scrolling through Netflix, looking at new releases in movie theaters, flipping between streaming services, or even just grabbing a DVD from the bookcase. I'm Jakes, and I'm here with Mr. Franco. And on this episode, we're going to talk about Spider-Man: No Way Home. Released in 2021, directed by John Watts, and at the time of this episode, is still in theaters. So, dude, this movie was like a trip to think about over time, you know, like in terms of uh, first impressions wise, right? Like, I genuinely liked this movie. I thought it was awesome. I had a great time. I was, I walked out of the theater and I was like, oh man, that was awesome. It was cool. I had a great time watching it. I'd love to see this again. And then as it sat with me, I had time to think about it and like days went by and you know what? I think I had way more problems with this movie after the fact and in the initial watching, you know? Oh my God. I was coming into this. Okay, look, (laughs) I was prepping myself. Okay, so day of, I watched this movie and I have opinions on this movie (laughs) and I was like, okay, well, Jake, Jake wants to talk about this. All right. Well, I have to collect my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. All right. And it's like, man, I'm going to go into this conversation and look, this is going to test everybody who wants to listen to us at any point. <laughs> they're going to come into this episode and they're going to be like, Anthony has terrible opinions and he hates everything. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, I came out of this movie not liking it. Okay, cool. That's fun. <laughs> because I, I was like, went to the movie with my cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were watching the movie together. Uh, we'll watch Spider-Man No Way Home. We haven't mentioned the movie by name at all. So far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure... The, despite you know the title showing up on the episode name but like yeah we're talking about <laughs> spider-man no way home no no way home i don't know why they went with that naming scheme but whatever it's um <laughs> it's what is it it's homecoming far from home and no way yeah. home which in our like arguably this movie could also be far from home because um some characters are very far from home <laughs> <laughs> yeah do, oh you know it's so funny that you were like ready just to roast this movie because i also had some issues with this trilogy and then this movie was the one that was going to be like ooh, eh, i don't know about this one this one kind of was a shame i i still think i like the movie quite a bit it's just i have some serious complaints faults with this movie as a whole yeah so so yeah so i i'm it's it's difficult for like I like I understand it's difficult being the one guy out of like millions of people who are like, this movie is amazing. How can you not like it? And it's like, uh I I just didn't, man. Like I like again, I, I came out of the movie from my with my cousin <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, man, I really enjoyed that movie. Like, I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, like and I'm just not saying anything. I'm keeping to myself. <laughs> I went to the bathroom. I'm not saying anything. He's like, yeah, man, I really enjoyed that movie. We're like a few feet away from the building. He's like, what did you think of the movie, Anthony? And I looked at him. And I'm like, I did not like that movie. Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't. Well, I didn't like it. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And then I went into like a thirty-ish minute like thing about like all the things from the beginning, like. And look, I don't go into movies wanting to dislike movies. Yeah, I mean, me either. That's why I, despite some of my gripes about this this trilogy as a whole so far, I was like, you know, it's, it's going to be cool, you know? Yeah. There's enough that I've seen that I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm kind of hyped for it. I, I clarify that because a lot of people like to be like, like to make that argument that like people who are more critical or people who like to label themselves as critics are like, oh, you just hate 
all things this or all things that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I go into every movie wanting to enjoy the heck out of it. And then because of the way I watch movies, like it will affect my overall enjoyment of it. So this movie, I ultimately was like, all right, cool. This is going to be fun. Um, I'm excited to see like Alfred Molina and Jeff and William Defoe. Yeah, dude, I I was pretty psyched to see some of the actors actresses that were like spoiler warning going forward for the rest of this episode. But um, like William Defoe's voice was in like the trailer, right? I was pretty excited to see like the actors come back to reprise their roles in certain situations. You know? Yeah, I was I was super excited. I think regardless if I liked it or not, I was like, well, you know. This is like the only like this is another chance to see these characters, these actors in these roles. Um, it should be fun. Um, I think ultimately that like they themselves enjoyed being there. The ones that did show up. I will say that the ones that did show up, I think, had fun. So well, was there like a certain person that you think really just nailed it out of the park? You know, like a certain like actor or actresses like you thought were like just doing great in this movie? Because for me, I think this was the first movie that I like uh actually enjoyed the like on-screen romance of uh peter parker and mj like i thought their chemistry in this movie was pretty tight i thought yeah surprisingly i think yeah i think that's been like the main gripe with a lot of people was mj peter relationship i think that mostly comes down to like how they focused on mj in the first movie they they kind of gave her like a really off-putting attitude and like character it was like, you're not really meant to focus on her. She's kind of a jerk every time you do. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like awkward. Looking back at that first movie, it's it's crazy that they made a, a different character, the love interest, which I guess um, in terms of like maybe a comic book way, it makes sense because, you know, Peter Parker's had many love interests over the years and stuff. So it's not crazy to imagine like a high school kid being like, oh, I'm super into this girl. And then she moved away and now I'm into a different girl and it's this great romance that's built to, I guess, the climax in this movie, you know, like I, I get that. Yeah. But I get the interesting, like, I would argue that the MJ in this film feel almost entirely different from how we see her in the last two. That's true. I think that mostly comes down to the fact that she's, she's fairly two dimensional in the first two movies. She's not much of her own character, at least in my opinion. And in this one, they give her more time, they give her more of like a moral backbone to her character, giving her like actually putting her within like some of the the conflicts and stuff, as opposed to more of like just action set pieces. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. As opposed to like being, she obviously has opinions and thoughts and stuff like that in the first movie, but they're mostly played up as like jokes and as a play, as a way to play make her character come off really off-putting which is obviously like part of her character which is fine but it doesn't come across like she's more than that which is i think why that that relationship felt kind of awkward in the second film it was like you why are we suddenly pretending that you're like super into her when the first film you have like zero interaction um and then the second film she kind of gets a little bit more but she's again a background character and in this one I think that their relationship really works because you get you just get to see them in Baltimore and you get to see her relay her hopes and dreams and her fears and stuff like that. And it's like, oh wow, you're like a three dimensional character that I actually like somewhat think is uh and like decently written. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, like it's funny because the chemistry in this movie between those two, and even like the three friends in general, right, kind of makes me like really appreciate that in this film, but retroactively makes me dislike the exclusion of that in the previous films because now looking back, there were more chances to just organically put that into the story to make this a like thrilling climax to not only Peter Parker, but also, you know, Ned and also MJ. You know, Ned, uh, like his character, had some pretty fun development in the first movie. His friend that found out his secrets, you know, his guy behind the chair, so to speak. And then he got kind of sidelined in a little bit in the second movie, which is a shame because the second movie, I think one of the biggest weaknesses was just how isolated they made Peter Parker in that movie which I get was the point because he was down. Uh, Tony Stark was gone. Quentin Beck comes in to fill that role of a father figure. If he's supposed to be like a high school kid, you know, going through some hard times, it feels like a lot of kids or like teenagers would probably rely on their friends, which would make me think that, you know, he would probably talk to or hang out with Ned somewhat and then that would make some interesting and so yeah in a weird way I think it just kind of like retroactively made me wish for more in the other movies versus enjoy this one as much as I did in this one you know yeah I think man there's this this trilogy in general has I I felt like it's, it's always the balance is always off there's I don't think they ever hit the right balance for any of the characters because it's like in one movie it's like like you're saying like it's just like they're underutilized or they're overutilized or they're not they 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 just don't fit the role like there's there's a role missing and it just feels awkward and so i'm i'm so with this one so i think tom holland peter parker is i think he's solid i think he's a solid spider-man the man acts his butt off yeah for sure he does a good job but i've always personally been of the opinion they're always trying to sell the narrative of Peter Parker, like owning up to like a certain level of responsibility and him being Spider-Man, like being like the classic idea of Spider-Man and stuff like that. And I'm like, I feel like they always try to convince the audience that he's like, this is like a classic iterate. Like, you know, this is, he, he becomes like the classic iteration of Spider-Man by the end of this movie. I think he, they do that with every movie. So like every movie ends with them being like, you know, the first movie is like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. The second movie is like, all right, cool. We're getting rid of all the, the Tony Stark connections. But it, like Peter's doing his own stuff. He is the person who is making his suit. He's the one who is like relying on his own abilities. Like it's Peter now. And in this movie, obviously, it ends with I'm going to get like, you know, giant spoilers for how the movie ends. Obviously, mm-hmm. it ends with him being poor in New York making his own suit from scratch uh which don't entirely understand but okay and and it ends with him being again quote unquote like the the more comic accurate spider-man that we all hoped and cared hoped and wanted despite the fact that we've said that in the last two movies as well and are we actually going to get the spider-man we want because we keep saying that every movie and clearly we think that every movie we're getting that at the end, and we don't. Okay, so I also agree a little bit about the the ending a bit. I'll come back to that in a second, though, because kind of like you were talking about in terms of how everyone did as a, as a performance, right? Yeah. Especially as Tom Holland as Peter Parker, right? So 
in this movie, I thought it was great that we got to see the other Spider-Man fan service moment. It's exciting, you know, nostalgic. It hits you really hard with the villains. And then you got to see the Spider-Man, right? Yeah. And because of that, we actually got to have this great, almost like on-screen comparison yeah. of the Spider-Man in their element of being like Spider-Man. The, vil- the villains in this movie did a great job. I had some issues with some of the story beats for the villains, but I think overall pretty good, right? Yeah. I really liked William Defoe. I think he was wonderful as the Green Goblin again. Jamie Foxx kind of surprised me by being really fun to watch on screen, kind of interacting with everybody as well. Everyone else was, I think, genuinely were doing a good job with what they had, right? And then we get to that point in the movie where we get to see the other Spider-Man come in and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, you know, comes in and like almost immediately... I feel like I'm just enjoying watching him kind of bounce off the other actors and actresses. Okay. Right. And then we get to see, you know, like Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, you know, Tobey Maguire just come in and it's almost this completely different performance. He's just so more subtle, subdued, and he kind of just, oh, hey, look, what's going on, guys? Oh, hey, this is a cool, we're wearing it up. So, yeah, well, what's everyone up to, you know, like, I don't know, completely different energy. And like, yeah. and then we get to see, you know, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man being like jokey, like, I guess, comic book Spider-Man. And then, you know, when they finally meet and have that heartwarming and also just devastating scene of sharing their like grief with each other. It's kind of nice for all the grief over the years of, you know, your low points in your movies and your high points in your movies. It's nice to see them as their characters just kind of bring it in this movie. You know what I mean? I, mean, I understand what you're saying. I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I get Ever it. Since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. The thing that kind of got to me is, you know, when they were like talking about, you know, their um, their cool fight moments where they had in the past yeah. and stuff, and they're all kind of just bantering back and yeah. forth, right? It kind of made me appreciate what they all brought. And it kind of was a shame that um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in particular got like a lot of hate over time. You know, his movies, I think, are genuinely viewed as more the disliked Spider-Man movies. Yeah, Seeing him in this movie kind of made me like appreciate the choices he brought to his role. And then the fight scene happened. And it was just kind of like, oh, this is awesome. But like, I don't know, it was kind of messy a bit, you know? Like, it felt a little weird yeah. um, together with all those pieces finally in motion where you get to see the villains all show up, all three Spider-Men show up, and it kind of just puts some of the issues of the movie more in plain sight. Okay. Um, Sandman, right? When he showed up, it was cool that he was, hey, Peter, it's me. I'm here to help. What's going on? You know, like, it felt like he had a villain on his side. I guess they kind of force him to be like a, a villain again, where it feels very sudden and very fast, where he's just, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust you. And like they gave it a little bit in the movie to kind of explain why he turned so suddenly. But it felt really forced for me. He really should have been with Doc Ock and was on their side of the big fight, you know? Yeah, it was. OK, so the, 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 it feels really bad when i'm just like man like i but like, i just don't agree yeah dude it's cool what's it called i I just want to say i genuinely like these movies even though they're like super campy and like you know uh ridiculous and it's totally all right if someone's not into this movie you know like it's co- it's cool i get it you know that's fair so to go back to andrew and toby showing up the setup for that scene first off for me 
I think is when you know Ned is like, I'm gonna try to use a sling ring to open up a portal. Um, and I think this this scene I feel like encapsulates a lot of what I actually don't like about this film, right? From like pretty much all angles, except for one. I the setup for the scene I think is terrible. I understand that they were like, Yeah, no, like Ned's always like, I had magic in my family, yada yada. I was like, but in like a writing coherent sense, I was like the writers were like, and we need an excuse for Ned to be able to do that. God, I know, right? I felt so forced. I was like, where is this coming from? It just seems so out of nowhere. And and if I'm being honest, I think that's the entire film. I think the entire film is entirely forced. It doesn't feel natural in a writing perspective. I, I, I had a conversation with someone. They were like, no, like this is why it works in universe. Like why these things led to that. And I was like, no, no, no. You're using the film's logic to explain why the film's writing works, right? Oh, dude, there's so many moments. I, I feel the exact same way. And I'll, I'll let you finish your thing. But, like, man, am I on the same page with you about some of the writing choices they made in this? I was like, the film, the film says that this is how it works. And so it works that way. And so when you argue that the film says it works this way, so it works that way. But I'm arguing that the, that the writer had to make an excuse for it to work that way. And they wrote in an excuse. And the difference, the nuance between the, diff- the, the differences is that that sometimes you try to do something like, like, it's like you find the conclusion and you have to backtrack and find a way to get there, right? And I feel like instead of trying to go, this move, this is like the natural consequences of this, of these actions, like the the, the general setup of this film which is, you know, Mysterio leaks Peter's identity, says that he murdered him, and you're like, all right, cool. What are the natural progressions of that film? And the movie says, no, no, no. We need to end with the multiverse fight from the three Spider-Men. How do we get there? Yeah. The the story hook was... Um, Spider-Man's identity is now revealed to the world. And he's accused of murder. Yeah, that's the hook, right? Like, what is he going to do next? Like, what's going to happen next? So I'm going to try to use a D&D way of explaining it. The DM really, really, really wants you to do this like big multiverse fight where you team up with a bunch of old heroes, yada, yada. And he's like, all right, cool. So instead of you guys naturally progressing on your adventure and going and doing the things that would regularly happen, I'm going to railroad you and like force you out of certain things to go to the ending that I prefer. Yeah. So, you know what's So the craziest thing about this, right, is that with that hook alone, right, they pretty much just hand wave it away. Any consequences or any interesting story ideas of that kind of almost immediately in the first 10, 15 minutes, they're like, you know, Peter Parker has his identity revealed. They're swinging through the city trying to avoid all these people suddenly trying to get him information and this and that, right? Yeah. And then almost immediately we get, uh, like admittedly, a fun cameo of uh, Matthew Murdoch, you know, Daredevil showing up, hey, I'm your lawyer, everything's fine, which is crazy because like yeah. almost in the first 10 minutes, they're like, oh yeah, the murder charge, you're good, you're fine. You don't have to really worry about that anymore. Cool. Then what is the like danger of this movie right like the the question with that well the question with that alone right is how how are you how did they drop the charges on freaking murder like damage control which was like a big mcu like or like my my built-in excuse was nick fury knows about this and they literally mm-hmm. were like he's off world what's here now yeah. and the movie came up with was 
okay, we need to move along. So that's actually just not a problem. Yeah, which is crazy because, okay, it, it feels like this movie is forcing a narrative for Peter Parker after building a narrative for Peter Parker in the other movies of him being one of the only costumed heroes in this world who has a, a secret identity and then the anticipation to see what happens when that that the only superhero with a secret identity is revealed and then it kind of doesn't matter in the comics i get it because it's a big deal right like a lot of superheroes have secret identities so like when they get revealed it's a big deal because it's their family's in danger like friends are in danger like you know there's genuine consequences right and in this movie you have a chance to play with though but at the same time the mcu pretty much everyone knows who everyone is in terms of a superhero right so like like hawkeye uh captain Captain america America, tony stark yada yada everybody everybody's widely known except for maybe actually does black panther have a a secret identity outside of wakanda well even his father who was you know you know a diplomat maybe not like a worldwide known thing because wakanda was a secretive country right but even yeah. there was even villains that knew of the Black Panther, right? So like, that's fair. Technically, They're like, oh yeah, the king is the king is the Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they they might it might not be a global thing, but like to a lesser extent, people still know who he is, right? So you, ha- I feel like you had a really cool opportunity to explore what happens when the only like real superhero with a secret identity in this world gets revealed, right? And it kind of just kind of gets hand waved away, and it's like, oh, it's it's okay. It's kind of just people being like annoying sycophant fans or something kind of intruding on their lives and which is interesting but then the later half of this movie kind of doesn't even bother with that yeah it has nothing to do with any of that yeah and the resolution is just more muddled and makes more things where the it kind of feels like the movie is just hey don't think about it where it's like i kind of want to think about it like i have a lot of questions now like how exactly does this spell work why why does Doctor Strange just immediately is yeah no let's do it you know where <laughs> he knew he knew that this was gonna have huge consequences and he was just like no nah, it's all right Peter Parker what he helped save the universe you know like uh, his existence is a huge part of like why they're all alive and he's still like yeah no let's just go do it right now like I don't know in a minute let's walk to the basement and just knock this out get back to lunch or something but yeah that i think that's 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 why it perfectly encapsulates that point i think the writing in this movie is convoluted lazy uh unoriginal there's a bunch of words that i'm like a really negative connotation <laughs> i a nicer one mm-hmm. but like it ultimately like it feels forced there you go that's the best one yeah, i can use yeah uh, the writing feels forced and the fakest Spider-Man that I've ever seen jumps out of a portal <laughs> and uh, <laughs> takes off his mask and Power Ranger shrinks to Andrew Garfield size. Uh-huh. Um, Cause like, it literally is like, here you go. Here's a CG, CGI muscular Spider-Man. He takes off his mask and he's less muscular and, and smaller. And yeah. it's Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that was really awkward. The, the CGI in the scene looks really awkward. And I'll say that I think the, the majority of the CGI in the film also look really awkward there's some really key details and like some sequences that look fun but for me personally 
uh, the fact that this was filmed during COVID is very obvious. Oh yeah, for sure. Because the green screen is very obvious. The fact, the way that characters interact on screen is very obvious. And so here, here's a question for you then: Were there any like visual changes in terms of like CGI that you kind of were hoping they? improve upon or like at least kind of put their unique spin on it like one thing that i was kind of surprised that i um enjoyed was you know they changed electro's design for this movie right they went from like that blue energy dude that looked like dr manhattan to a more down-to-earth with some yeah, right. comic book reference in it like most of the heroes in the mcu right but i kind of wish they went further with the other characters designs a bit i would have liked to see a more monstrous reptilian lizard I kind of wish the Sandman effects was just a little better in some points. And and then lastly, I kind of wish they gave William Defoe's face a little green because his face was great. His expressions were wonderful. I kind of would have liked to see a green, green goblin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was OK. So you mentioned specifically the uh, lizard and Sandman, mm -hmm. which is why I was like, okay, the, like I mentioned, like the COVID filming, mm -hmm. and I don't like the special effects. I don't think they did a great job with either of those characters, and it feels even worse because I know that they couldn't get the actors to show up. Like it's not that it's not their fault; it's just like scheduling yeah, and COVID, yeah. and there's a bunch of difficulties and stuff. But they couldn't get either the the actor for Lizard or the actor for Sandman to show up. So even when you see them transforming back into human, right? Mm -hmm. They reuse footage from their movie. So was that was that confirmed? Oh, no, it's hundred percent. Yeah, it is hundred percent reused footage. Oh, okay. So because they, they couldn't get them, they 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 never showed up on set. They could only uh, do voiceover. So they just reused footage from those old movies and put them in. And it just was like it just speaks overall, I think, to the the level of quality that this film had, mm -hmm. which it was like. Like there are parts that are really stand out. Like I think they do some really good work with like Doc Ock's tentacles and like the electro powers. And yeah, like... I I liked that idea of the nanoparticles, which are always kind of like a one solution fits all kind of thing. I kind of liked the way they used it in this, where it was just oh hey, they're gonna kind of just merge with the tentacles. And you're right about the electric effects. I thought those were pretty cool too. Yeah. So like. I thought those, like, like, I'm not going to hate on this movie the whole time, but I'm just like, there are times where it's like, this character is very clearly on a green screen. This character is very clearly just in an entirely different room from the rest of them. And it was like, I was like, man, like, it feels awkward. You know what felt a little awkward? Like, I'm kind of disappointed a bit they actually killed Marissa Tomei, um, Aunt May in this movie, it felt a little like they needed him to suffer a little bit more in this movie to really drive home devastated Spider-Man, which was kind of surprising. I don't know if, if you like that death. No, it's, uh, so I don't, uh, again, I, I, again, it, it seems so bad that I, I, I feel like all, everything I'm being about is negative, and that's unfortunate because I don't like the movie. <laughs> but I, 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 I do try to sprinkle in the things that I do appreciate. I think they does well. I like her as Aunt May. I think she's enjoyable. I very fun and unique. I think it is interesting. Like I have young aunt as young as a year younger than me, and I have aunts that are like only like ten years old. Yeah, dude, I I am in a similar position. It I was cool with an aunt being you know very old and also very young because families are weird like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's like I have no problem with this. This is cool. She does not have to be a ninety-year-old woman. So I never had a problem with uh, her as Aunt May. But it felt very awkward. It very much felt like a decision they made because they came up with the ending first. 
the ending was that no one knows Peter Parker exists, you can't have Aunt May because then you literally are like, well, what about Aunt May? Like, and Aunt May doesn't ex- like she doesn't exist. Like, yeah, but see, that's, that's exist, what like, like that's what makes your point about the ending more true. But also, like, um, I would say Happy Hogan big as big as a presence in Peter Parker's life at this point as like um like Aunt May does, right? Yeah. And yet he uh still was around in the, you know the end of the movie and it was weird seeing like what he remembers and what he doesn't as a result of the I think I would say bad description of the wish in general yeah. because like it just kind of further shows the point of that like the whole I guess resolution of this movie it everyone's going to forget who that uh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man kind of just is messy you know like it doesn't make yeah. sense. So, so, like, okay, so so Happy has a relationship with Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. What that relationship is, we don't know because we don't understand like how his memories were changed. And it, and to a point, it feels like more of his memories are with Peter because if we're supposed to be like, if we're if the memories we know of are the ones that he had on screen, it's mostly with Peter not being Spider-Man, you know? Yeah, like a hundred percent. It's like, so do, are all his things replaced with a, a, a in costume Spider Man? And then, like, what happens to like phone calls or videos or pictures or anything? Like, are they also replaced with like Spider Man, like a fully suited up Spider Man? The the only reason you can assume this is because they put a GED book in his apartment, where it's like his entire existence was actually wiped out, right? So it's. He never existed at all. Like, not that people don't remember that he existed. It's just that, like, oh, Peter Parker never existed. And it's like, it's like, yeah, which is an like, even weirder choice to make in terms of like existence. You know, like, <laughs> like, well, I mean, what does that mean for like him? I mean, he's he was pretty worried about going to school. How is that going to affect his his life in the as a uh, you know a citizen of the United States? And yeah, uh, what's it called? Like, yeah, so he he effectively has no identity, and yet he got an apartment. How, yeah, how does he get an apartment? <laughs> does he have a social security number? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so may didn't have a nephew is that what is that what happy assumes that he never she never had a nephew Which she would definitely talk about when you know they would be dating you know yeah and so it's like what what are the implications here uh so for example all right here here's a, a, a tiny thing from the movie that i don't know if they figured out the implications of this the only reason that J. Jonah Jameson is no longer in his basement doing news is because he broke the story of Peter Parker being Spider-Man, and now that never existed. So is he going to go back? Well, that's that's. I was thinking the same thing because you know I I enjoyed that visually they showed us like him going from his basement, and then we get to see him in like a studio. You know, I guess his paper failed or whatever reason you're the person in the audience could come up with. It yeah. gave enough on the screen that it was like, oh hey look. I guess this led to that, right? But then, like, at the end of the movie, he's still in the studio, like, talking and, like, narrating about Peter Parker and Spider-Man, or, sorry, just just Spider-Man, which is, which is like, okay, so wait, so then what was the big thing that led him to his studio, like you've mentioned? Yeah, so, and then, okay, I feel like it's sloppy. Mm-hmm. It just feels... To me, it kind of feels like an overcorrection on Spider-Man, where... They heard a lot of criticisms about him being like Spider-Man, Iron Man, like kid or something like, oh, yeah, he has a lot of money because he has access to Tony Stark and 
he always seems to have like a mentor figure and he hasn't really suffered as much on screen as I guess the other Peter Parkers and stuff. And it feels like they heard all that criticism and they're like, oh, you want a poor down on his look Spider-Man with no one to turn to? We will give you that in the weirdest way possible. Yeah, and I feel like it could have came from a more natural standpoint, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I'm not sure how they would have done it, but I'm sure they could. Like, it feels entirely again. It, they came up with a conclusion, and they tried to find any way that, in their mind, made sense. Well, it doesn't um, even feel like just just a conclusion. They, it feels like they came up with a conclusion, and also they're like, "All right, guys, we need to tie this in." to the multiverse somehow because we're doing multiverse right now so let's put dr strange in this movie and have a big third act fight scene between multiverse something like i don't know the villains and then like you mentioned they kind of had to figure their way to that point which makes me kind of happy that dr strange wasn't as much in this movie but uh, it made me like annoyed he was in this movie and he felt very just not the character we saw in the other movies a bit kind of dumb yeah, I don't know if he was very weak or incapable of just handling these specific situations like being trapped in that dimension where it feels like he probably would have gotten out in like a moment, you know? Yeah, like I'm pretty sure his hands were perfectly like his arms may not have been free, but you're telling me this man doesn't know an incantation or like some hand signs that can like dissolve some web mm-hmm. uh, or like or like, I don't know, we be wearing a sentient clothing item that moves on its own free will to maybe take away his chains of spider web that you know <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm i don't know it's it's very i felt like it was very forced and awkward i think I, i'm gonna say that about pretty much everything yeah yeah my name is dr otto octavius peter <laughs> no <laughs> there's no way your name's dr otto octavius <laughs> Wait, seriously? Well, how about this? Were were there like any moments that you actually were like, oh, this was really awesome. I really like this part in this movie. Okay, so I think Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin comes across really sympathetic. I was like, man, this really works. Um, I was super excited to see that when he was first shown in like the alleyway, him having the conversation with the Green Goblin helmet. Mm-hmm. I was I was like, oh man, I'm surprised that they went they they did that callback because I wasn't sure if they were gonna have him having that full on conversation with himself the way that he used to. I like that. Um, I did like the fact that they explained. I, I I talk about how clunky I think Sandman is in general in this film, but I do like the fact that the reason Sandman is fighting Spider Man at the end isn't because he wants to destroy the box. He just wants to press. And I think that's I think that's clever that his reason for, for fighting Spider-Man is different. I, I agree. I, I like that. But I, but why would he continue to be distrustful of Spider-Man after the scene where he he literally watches him help cure Otto Octavius's madness and proves that he genuinely wants to help them? Because he has a he he's like one of the only villains in this movie that has a legitimate reason to go back to the, his universe, which is his daughter, which is the whole thing about his character is that he did everything for the sake of his daughter, right? So, like, why, after even that moment, would he not try to help Spider-Man just like Otto Octavius did in the end? 
I think the argument there is, and I, uh, th this is like, again, the, one of the few things I will defend, that Sandman's, his, it's not that his distrust is a thing. I think they needed to drop that whole entire nonsense. I think they should have just solely focused on the fact that he wants to go back to his daughter, mm -hmm. because I think that was his motivation the entire time. It's not that he didn't trust Spider-Man. It's like, I don't care about these people. I care about my daughter. Because it's not, because the trust thing is awkward. It's like, I, I don't, it doesn't matter if I trust you or not, Spider-Man, whether or not you're going to help. I want to do is go back to my daughter. Mm -hmm. So the longer you try to do this, whether it's going to work or not, um, the longer it takes me to get back and the less likely it is that I'm going to get back. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to fight you guys to, to just end it. Right. I don't care if these people die. I'm not gonna. I don't care if these people do this. I'm not going to do it. So it doesn't like, so it's, 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 it was an interesting way of setting up his conflict with Spider-Man that wasn't, oh, I'm only doing this for my own gain. Um, well, I did it for his own gain, but like not in like a, like a staying evil kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I liked the performances. I liked some of the CG. I liked some of, I liked that little bit of, um, a lot of, man it's, it's hard for me to like say positive because i i honestly i'm like the level of forceness in this film really bothers me and it's not bad like people love this movie man no, people I, love this yeah movie. people do like this movie and like i feel i look if you love this movie hey that's awesome man like i really like this movie coming out of the theater and it's just it's just when i sat and thought about it for a while and just you know it kind of i just kind of wanted more before this movie even came out, I was not exactly looking forward to them doing a live action Spider-Man of the multiverse kind of idea, you know? Yeah. I mean, do we do you guys really have to like I know Spider-Man multiverse was a big thing and it was huge and it was awesome because you know they made a lot of money, but like you guys don't have to do that. You guys are just you guys are Marvel. Like you guys can do anything and it'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. The, the, I think the original conceit of the film, and I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure they've mentioned it before. Um, the original idea for the film was that like Craven the Hunter was going to be sent to go hunt down Sp a fugitive spider. That, that would have been awesome. That, that would have been great because that would have definitely fit the theme of like, oh shit, the only costume superhero is revealed and now he's public enemy number one, you know? Yeah, and it makes sense that you have, that you follow that story. So, yeah, like, it was weird that Marvel, and I, I feel like it was a Sony decision, because it probably was Sony, like, oh, you guys really like Spider-Verse. That weird cameo at the end? Like, that Venom cameo that felt like... Yeah. If, if the end credits of this movie were just also kind of a mess. I'm sure if I was a big fan of Venom, I'd have been like, oh, hey, that was awesome. But I was just, this feels like this was time and money, and that could have been better spent doing something else. Yes. And um, then the trailer for Doctor Strange 2, which was cool. I'm down to see Doctor Strange 2 eventually. Uh, did not care to see it at the end of this movie. I would have been like more excited to see something. Like, um, There's this one podcast that I like listening to t from time to time called The Weekly Planet. Yeah. And they did this, um, this episode on Spider-Man, right? And they brought up this really cool idea, which would have been... What if they had like used the end credit scenes to maybe show us a little bit of the world that they returned to of the other spider-men like they had him on set and they could have just had them be like oh hey mj i'm home How, are the kids okay something just to give a little something extra 
for everyone that really enjoyed seeing those cameos again, kind of build on the after that we never get to see of these Spider-Men from these other multiverse. You know, they really don't do much in terms of like build on their characters after their movie's ending, even when they show up in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was the end sequences. It doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't. I agree with that. I didn't hear. I haven't heard their podcast, but it would have been cool to be like, all right, cool. We literally sent back different versions of these characters. Like these characters were supposed to die. So sending back good versions of them, fundamentally changing the, the situation that happens in these films. What does that mean? Right? Like, does Peter go like, does, Oh, does Peter go back? And I'm like, which Peter am I talking about? Um, does Toby <laughs> Maguire's character go back mm-hmm. and he lives in a world where, now that he saved Willem Dafoe, James Franco's character is probably not dead. They're, like These are people that he had genuine connections with and relationships with. And what does it mean when you, you fundamentally change the outcome of their life? Like, does Peter now have a good relate? Like, you know, like that changes like that standing because like Otto and. Oh yeah, there were like it was a huge like presence in his life. It's like losing a father, and then the father suddenly showing back up again. Yeah, and then for Andrew Garfield, it's not nearly as big because one of the villains wasn't even uh, dead, but the other one had like a had a, a, was could have been like oh like no, you go back and you know this kid, you work with this guy or whatever. The, the the spell brought in people who knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, except for Electro, who didn't know that. He came anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I thought you were another guy. Like, I thought you were like, I like this is the first time I ever saw your face and knew who you yeah, were. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, though, I really did like that brief moment where he's like, I thought you were gonna be a black guy. And he's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And he's just like, I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean, that's cool. They're, I'm just not that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just a really lanky white dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're a second like Donald Glover, but like nah. I mean, I would have it would have been cool to have seen a Donald Glover cameo as like a different Spider-Man. It would have been cool to see the Spider-Man show up visually different too. What if when Andrew Garfield Spider-Man jumped through his portal, he was wearing the black suit and then took it off and you know looked more grizzled, kind of like the uh like he said he was? Like he said he was? Yeah, yeah, like he said he was, instead of just like, instead of saying it, also showing us that like, yeah, I went down a dark path where I'm just kind of losing my mind a bit and I've gone through some shit, you know? It would have made his his rescue of MJ falling down more impactful because it's more redeeming, even though that was a sweet moment. And then it would have been cool to see another visual indicator like um, Tobey Maguire come through and, you know, him being like, oh, hey, I... Sorry, I actually don't have my spider suit. I haven't spent that much time as Spider-Man because I've been more of a family man lately or something like that, you know? Yeah, like, it it, it doesn't... The things that they said regarding how their characters are now don't line up with the way that they act and or what, like, like don't add up, don't add up right? Like, yeah, Andrew Garfield was like, I'm, I, was, I went down a dark path. And I'm like, thanks for telling me, I guess. I can't tell that you did. I mean, unless one. I mean, his he was he was really giving his all in that small monologue where he like he was acting his ass off. <laughs> yeah, but like you couldn't tell other than him saying it. Uh, and then Toby, Toby McGuire when he was reading off the teleprompter. 
Dude, he, he, it definitely felt like he was just kind of like showing up. And he's like, all right, I'm here. What do I got to read? Cool. <laughs> it was for him. It was very much like, I don't know. Like it's, it sucks that like that there is a very clear comparison that we can make with this movie. And it is into the Spider-Verse for very clear, obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. But it's and it's and it's funny because the producer, yeah, Phil Lord, who's a producer on, on Into the Spider-Verse, was like my our original pitch was to have Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire and in and in Into the Spider-Verse. That was the film. The original film was right. that they were going to be in the film. And so it's interesting to be like that movie hinted at it being like a Tobey Maguire adjacent universe, right? Yeah. And being like, this is how, and that Peter B. Parker, the one that we that is in the majority of the film, mm-hmm. is pretty much our Toby Maguire. Yeah, it's Toby yeah. Maguire's yeah, for sure, right? And and how his relationships and how his life changed, and we visually get to see that, and we get to see it in how his character acts and how he talks. Yeah, for sure. And it makes me feel like I I could have, I wish I they could have organically put. The entrance of these Spider-Men earlier in the movie too. Yeah, because if if I want to say there was originally a Craven pitch or whatever, I, I personally I feel like they didn't know they were going to be able to make this Andrew Garfield Tobey Maguire version for a good bit, and the reason that a lot of the things that have them specifically in it in person feel a lot more clunky is because they had planned for this movie to go a different way. And last minute, they were given permission to do Yeah, no, it, it definitely feels that way, especially after, like, you become aware of um, production stuff. Like, it completely changes your, like, view of this movie a bit, you know? Yeah, so I'm like, like, small things added up in production ended up with a movie that, yes, I think as a general moviegoer, as a person who's a fan of Spider-Man, as a person who's a fan of the MCU, you can go in, you can have a blast, you're going to enjoy the heck out of it. There are so many issues with this movie that I cannot agree. Um, and I'm going to be a Debbie Downer the entire time. No, uh, you're good. You're good. I, you know what? I, I think I genuinely still like this movie. I think there was enough moments where in, in that happened in the film where I enjoyed and I was like, that kind of made this movie fun enough for me to be like, it wasn't the best that I had some issues with it. Like as we've talked about now, but like, I would probably watch this another time, you know, and maybe get a different enjoyment out of it. Now that I know some of the plot points, you know, just yeah. in it for the ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, hopefully I can enjoy this movie and subsequent watch subsequent watches because I, I, I think I enjoy the first homecoming mm-hmm. more when I go back and watch it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for I sure. Think I, that when, when I see that film, I look at it and I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't mind this movie. And, and so like, speaking of random things that I don't know how the, the universe uh, works is a uh, vulture story is like intrinsically linked to him finding out Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. That's right. <laughs> how what happened to that guy? Does that mean that his daughter is still at that school now? And like, does he get does he get put in jail? <laughs> I guess I guess Spider Man still stopped him, but like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the main reason that he attacked Peter was like, well, he had Peter uh, was going to deal with Peter was because he knew that Peter was Spider Man. So yeah, like, can the- you can you imagine anyone that had a genuinely hopeful interaction with just Peter? As a person, like, you know, maybe just like there was a just random dude on the street who like 
was about to walk into a car and Peter was just like, oh, hey, man, watch out. And he's like, oh, shit, thanks. Do you think that dude is just dead now? No, no, he's just, he just yeah. remembers Spider-Man saving him. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like, so I, 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 like, just, like, imagine, I just imagine every, like, like you said, like, all his passports and stuff are just, like, awkwardly, instead of it being Peter Parker, they're magically photoshopped with, <laughs> with Spider-Man now. <laughs> his, license, <laughs> his license is just Spider-Man. Yeah, it's like, yeah, man, man, Tom Spider, um, and his his hair color is bald. His, you know, his race is a uh, spider, whatever. I don't know, but, spider person. Yeah, spider person. And so, like, but yeah, no. Um, so I hope that I can like enjoy this movie moving forward. But a lot of what I enjoy about movies is just the craft of it. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of effort that goes into making these movies. I love ingenuity and, and, and creativity in these films. So when I see a movie like this, where I feel like it doesn't do it well, right? Mm-hmm. And that I come out of it being like, man, like I could get, it's it's a fun ride, but I see too much of the things that I consider like lazy or uninteresting or or unimaginative. And I'm like, man, it really it really kills them. Mm-hmm. And I don't, um, any, like anyone who listens, I don't want to discourage them. And they're going to be like, man, this guy sucks. His opinion is terrible. He's wrong. He's wrong. wrong. And it's like, no, ultimately, I'm, I can be entirely wrong about what other people feel like. I'm just explaining and expressing why I disagree. Look, Parker, the danger isn't Mysterio. It's you trying to live two lives at once. And the longer you go on doing that, the more dangerous it becomes. So from here, right, I mean, anyone listening to this can very obviously tell you're in like, you know, in that camp of like not enjoying this movie as much. I think I genuinely like this movie a little more, which is kind of clear. But like, what would you kind of want to see in the next movie? Because they're going to make another one, you know? And like they set up a whole lot of like rushed kind of sloppy groundwork. I mean, but they still set something up for another movie after this one, you know? Yeah. So I so I, I hope to see the, the suit in some good lighting um, <laughs> because that sequence, while fun, is a terrible first look at a suit. Wow, God, I was like, wow, I did not. Why'd you give me only blurry images of your new fancy suit, Spider-Man? Dude, I do not like the suits in this trilogy. Like the only suit I kind of like was the the first one that he gets from Stark the like blue and red one with the, with the, the regular blue and red. yeah the blue and red one with the um web under his arms yeah like the web wings and then also the red and black one a bit other than those two i hate the other ones man i so i kind of i kind of liked the little nanotech upgrade that he did like he only got like a tiny little bit of it at the end you know in this the, the final sequence of this movie mm-hmm. right uh i will ask where did that go <laughs> Did he get naked? Did he become? Did the spell get it? Make him naked? Because he does not. He made a new suit. So like uh-huh. obviously something happened to that suit. And uh, the only thing I can I can assume is that the spell made the nanotech forget that he existed. <laughs> <laughs> and like and now you're nude in New York. Um, but uh, so I hope to see more of the suit. Uh-huh. I guess I guess I could only hope for like a more classic Spidey, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're talking, he's gonna try to find a job. 
So we're talking photography. I would hope that they introduce probably Gwen Stacy, Harry Osborne. Black yeah, Black Cat. That'd be dope. Uh, I would love to actually see Craven for one. Um, they keep hinting at that guy and he never shows up. Who else? I mean, I mean he... It would be cool to team up with Daredevil. Hey, okay, is Silver Sable Black Cat at a different point in Comic Run, or is that a completely different character? I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Silver Sable. As, as the only reason I know who that character is is because Sony says they're going to make a movie about them. I don't know who Silver Sable is. I'm not a big Spider-Man comic reader. I'll tell anybody this any day. Um, I prefer my Spider-Man in motion. <laughs> um, here, let me let me aggressively type in my computer. Just look up Silver Sable. <laughs> but, uh, I like I like uh, Spider-Man cartoons, video games, movies, animated TV shows. Man, spectacular Spider-Man is so <laughs> Yeah, I I've read a few. I've you know played the games mostly. The games are probably my biggest source of liking Spider-Man. Right. Um. The, of course, you know Sam Raimi's trilogy was great. Of course. I know some of the characters because I like going on random Wikipedia deep dives and like Phantom View dives from time to time. Right. So um. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's not like I don't know some of these characters, but like in terms of like those characters we've mentioned already, it would be really dope to see. Yeah, so it'd be cool. I'd, I'd be cool. I'd be down to see different love interests that we haven't seen, different villains that we haven't seen. Again, mostly Craven because mm -hmm. he's the guy that I've been hoping for for so long. Um, if anybody ever talks to me outside of me randomly reviewing films, it's mostly me just randomly pitching ideas for films mm -hmm. that I want to see. And Craven. They, they, they talk about doing a spy into the Spider-Verse movie for all the female characters like Spider-Gwen, Silk, mm -hmm. um, Spider-Woman, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. Silk, and, Silk can be another character they can introduce as a romantic interest as well. That'd be, that'd be cool. I would love to see. But uh, because they, they pitched a female Spider-Verse movie, I was like, ah, yes. Who's the main bad guy for uh, end of, uh, female into the Spider-Verse? I was like, who is like the guy that I can like Care, like I can like character assassinate, but like make it believable. And it was to it was one hundred percent Craven. I was like a guy who's obsessed about hunting Spider Man, and he wants to. You know, he's like, ah, yes, I'm going to hunt down Spider Man. And it'd be like, all right, cool. So you're going to fight Spider Woman. Craven's like Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man. And then he's and the multiverse is like, all right, you're going to fight a group of Spider Women. And I'm gonna. I was like, I. Character assassinate Craven. He's a misogynist, and he's like, I don't want to fight Spider Woman. <laughs> that dude sucks. Like he hunts people and also animals and shit to like an absurd extent. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm gonna make you a douchebag and say that like Spider like Gwen Stacy's gonna beat your butt, mm -hmm. and it'll be fun. And like it's an excuse to be like, why would he fight them? It's like, oh, he killed a spy. He he killed his Spider Man, and when another Spider-Man came to like recruit his Spider-Man for like a mo like you know a multiverse team, right? He comes to the realization that like oh there's a multiverse of Spider-Man and I can just hunt them all. Yeah, and that would have been great, dude. That would have been a solid way for Sony or Marvel to force in a multiverse tie-in to their movie, even in this movie where it would have been like. Hey Peter, I'm hunting you, and then we suddenly another Spider-Man from a diff different universe shows up, and it's like to uh, Tobey Maguire being like, "Hey, I'm here to warn you. There's this dude hunting us," and then you know Andrew Garfield shows up, and he's like, 
in fight with Craven, and he's like, "Oh, good, you found him," or something like quippy, you know? Yeah. That would be that would be super fun. Um, I would have been really dope, actually. Man, I'm, that just makes me want Craven even more. He's such a he's just an easy character to like have fun with. Yeah, I mean, because he's um, just he's just a guy that loves to hunt and kind of shitty about his views on everybody. <laughs> yeah, but oh, speaking of which, uh, there was a missed opportunity to not bring in uh, at least an alternate universal version of Miles because Miles knows that Peter Parker is Spider Man. That's true. Yeah, I think this movie had. Like I have no problem with like a premise that like you know there's multiverse of Spider-Man you know we get a bring back old villains yada yada I think that's all perfectly fine I don't think this movie capitalizes on its ideas I think it's really short-sighted with how it implements things at the end of the day watch Spider-Man two watch Into the Spider Verse <laughs> I think those are both <laughs> I am excited to see if you end up liking the animated Spider movie that's coming out with uh, the next Into the Multiverse movie. Oh yeah, Classic Spider Verse. I'm super hyped for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> visually, visually, right now, it's already like one of my most anticipated films. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm I'm a little worried about the part one, part two of it all. But man, I'm super hyped. I love Spider Man, so yeah. I want to see more Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I just think it's gonna be fun if, like, when that comes around, you're just like, man. I'll be telling. I'm gonna tell you, I had so much problems with this movie, and I'm like, oh no, oh, not man. another one. Wow. I'll get so mad. I'll I'll be mad at myself if I leave that movie. In the first end of the Spider Verse movie was my favorite film of that year entirely. I love that movie. That was I went. To, I saw it like twice in like that month. It was so much fun. Yeah, I think I watched it maybe three or four times in theaters um, because I was like, "You you want to watch into the Spider Verse? We're going. This movie needs to make money." And then everybody was like, "Yeah, this is the best Spider-Man movie." And then everybody was like, "We're not gonna go watch it." And I was like, "I hate you all." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about. Like for me, the more stylized a movie is, the more I want to watch that movie, and that just turns some people off. Yeah, people don't like stylized movies, which is a shame because Spider-Man is such a styly stylized character that I'm like, it, he can do so many fun things, guys. <laughs> yeah, I have I have this uh, very like. Just random memory I have from like early high school when um, the Scott Pilgrim versus the World movie was coming out. Phenomenal. I never read the comics. I, I just saw the trailer for this movie and I was like, oh, sh- hey, that guy that did Shaun of the Dens doing this movie. And this movie looks awesome. And then I remember talking to someone about it. I'm like, hey, did you see that trailer? And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't really know if I want to see that movie. It looks like a comic book movie. Like a co- it looks like a comic book. And I'm like, yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> yeah it would have been dope i i, I, I mean, people should embrace uh and, well first i mean it, people need to embrace animated movies in general agreed across the spider-verse the first one didn't even get like 300 domestic or whatever it was really obnoxious although i think it definitely did way better in the long run after everyone kept singing its praises over the next few months you know it does so many things well all right well ultimately <laughs> i didn't like this movie you you enjoyed it? Yeah, I did. That's I good. still, even after this discussion, you know, I I think I still in the column of like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I think people should watch it. I think people, majority of people, will go into that movie, have a fun time. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to end this. <laughs> yeah, all right, man. I, I enjoyed talking to you, man. Well, we appreciate that you stuck around until the end. Maybe you agreed with some of our opinions, and maybe you didn't. But either way, we hope you check out Spider-Man: No Way Home. The intro and outro song is VHS Dreams by Sean Ivers. Link in the description. And thank you for listening. 
Until next time. 